Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right, that means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. A, a shortened uh, shortened week for for some of us at least yeah. it's a it's an abbreviated gang uh, Kevin mm-hmm. Kevin is not with us today uh, but we will be with him soon uh, to, yeah. to celebrate uh, impending uh, wonderful wonderful thing that is happening in his life uh, he's throwing us a party he he is throwing us a party that is true. <laughs> And uh, we we will make it the the best party we can make it. Yeah, I think that's um, I think that's how that works, right? Uh, but uh, you know, uh, speaking of uh, events at which people uh, might come together and, and consume a, a drink or three, Pierce, I, I believe we're we're doing one of those pods where you bring us an article that let's be honest you sent us in our group chat several days ago and and none of us have read yeah so um th- this happened and uh it happened to be an article really uh it's a slate article and i don't have the author's name in front of me which i will look up as max explains um so this article is really speaking out against work happy hours and, and set some very specific, well, not even that specific, just the way work happy hours work. Um, it just kind of out against it, which is ironic because, Max, what did you tell us just before we started talking uh, today? Uh, I said that I'm meeting with a handful of coworkers after work tomorrow for beverages. Mm-hmm. I can't um, call it a happy hour because in Massachusetts that's illegal. Oh, yeah. But, you know, this this get together after work or sometimes concurrent with work um, that Angela Lashbrook at Slate um, wrote about, I thought really thoughtfully. And the way the way work happy hours work and um, I'm not really talking about your coworkers that you are friends with and you you know, have you meet up after work or something or, or, you know, you go watch a Thursday night football game together because I don't know, uh, it's it's cheaper than therapy. Um, But you decide to get together as friends. What what the author is really talking about is the stuff that says like, hey, the operations team is is having a happy hour. Everybody's invited. You know, we'll we'll buy drinks. It's it's on it's on the company. It's it's on the firm or or whatever the the big guys buying. Um, and what she gets into, and it really resonated with with me, or what they get into. I'm sorry, and really resonates with me, is that this is kind of a toxic thing that as we get back into a world where we are meeting with folks face to face. Maybe this doesn't need to continue to happen. And I, I, Max, you, you have a certain, you know, look about you in this that indicates 
that maybe you don't agree with the idea that a work happy hour is is actually toxic i i need to hear more i don't know i feel like a work happy hour is almost one of the few opportunities to try to build an actual rapport with your coworkers, you know outside of just the nine to five meetings i i, I think that on their face they sound like a pretty good thing and, and of course i want to i want to preface that by saying like they certainly can be toxic and if the culture of the entire company is already toxic then a work happy hour is not going to be a good thing but i think for certainly teams and companies i've worked for having a not too frequent opportunity to kick back and have you know a couple drinks with your coworkers and talk about things that are maybe mm-hmm. work adjacent is is definitely a a good thing both for your just well-being and and also honestly for your productivity at work yeah that's that was my sort of off-the-cuff response too which is like it doesn't they're not necessarily toxic what's what's toxic and bad is workplaces with bad culture and so like there are there are undoubtedly a lot of pitfalls to the work happy hour if the work happy hour is just sort of turns into uh, people talking shop for 90 minutes like that's probably not ideal but Mm -hmm. but it really is also genuinely an opportunity for for you to foster some sort of connection with your coworkers, and that probably depends heavily on what your workplace is already like so look i'm all for banning work happy hours from shitty workplaces <laughs> but like how and do right, we regulate that and right off the bat i'll say we might need next week or whatever we'll have a a quick segment on a follow-up because Ooh. i will remind you that I, I i actually organized this amongst my my coworkers, and i'm i'm hoping to meet maybe around 10 coworkers. um i've worked for my company for <laughs> almost a year and a half and i have never met anyone in person and this is supposed to be an in-person job. So yeah. this is my first opportunity to meet people face-to-face that I've been working with every day for a year and a half. So this is definitely a special occasion, um, but just pointing that out there for this. And, and so my follow-up to that, then, is, is with, with all that in mind, Max, how do you feel about the fact that uh, Pierce and the Slate Writer have called you a toxic person who should be fired and buried underneath a jail. <laughs> that is I, what I because said. Because I, uh, I organized a happy hour. Yeah. Um, I'm a little I'm a little uh, taken aback. I'm a little offended. I think I know so, what Pierce is going to apologize for later. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we've established that. So so I, I will say a couple things. Um, I think that you all hit on it really well. It's like, well, this can be bad. Um, and, and is an absolute approach to this, as we've gone over many times before, is an absolute approach the best solution to something that is can be nuanced and layered? No. I also think that the word we got into is the culture. What is the culture of these things? If you are in a company culture or a, you know whatever size business and the culture is such that adding alcohol to, to the power dynamics at play and probably sexism that exists to varying levels if that is something that is a a powder keg um then yeah you should probably get get rid of those and i mean time and time again 
we can just i i will broad brush this so say men are often bad or just men are bad no. and, and this is and this is You're like still hist- calling me out man i yeah. for one am shocked by this <laughs> and i mean it's it's true and i think that i i have i've worked i've worked at places where this has reared its head and fortunately on uh you know, some of the occasions, um, leaders spoke up and were like, no, that is not going to happen. But I think it gets into the culture part of, you know, what are these spaces and, and what are the expectations? Because we've gotten into potentially the negativity of like, okay, yeah, people, people say or do harmful things in these settings, but also there is the aspect of expectation and that is what the author really gets into and and spoke to me which is like this is when it is work sponsored it becomes work and that is less time for life and you're already committing so much time to this and you're expected to be in a bar with people like even if it's fine that is more time you're giving to where you work. I mean, Max, and I should say Max, I think what you're doing is great because you have never met these people, but that is very different than like the weekly, like yeah. Thursday, like TGIF thing that is described here is where they you're start also, drinking yeah, you're for. You're talking about something that's like put together by work and perhaps even paid for by work, to which point there is almost a, maybe not an obligation to be there, but certainly more of an obligation than what I've done, which is just put out an open invitation saying... I'm going to go sit at this outdoor beer garden and I'd love to meet some of you guys. This is not affiliated with my company. (laughs) That's totally, totally fair. And also look at the, the use of the word weekly. If, if this is something that is happening every week, like that's insane. You shouldn't, (laughs) you shouldn't be doing that. Your, your office uh, shouldn't be spending money on, it's employees drinking that often that's very silly uh but if you if you do it i don't know once a month like i i don't know i don't think that's especially terrible but but your your point is well taken that that work asking you you know to to do things outside of working hours is very unideal but is it also not possible that you know in some in some sense with with the way that work schedules especially for for our sort of general tier of like modern knowledge workers like those mm-hmm. working hours have expanded enough that you actually might legitimately be taking away work time like if if happy hour is from you know 5:30 to 7 that's a maybe that's a problem if everyone gets out of work at 5:30 and goes home but if everybody is more or less expected to work until 7 you've got really no change and and you're taking that time and you're moving it away from your desk like i i think that i think that there are I'm just I'm just arguing real hard for the not an absolute approach to this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, because and, and because it is so situational. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you you can put together a structure where where it's not um, so uh, onerous in the expectations. I think you know giving 
you know, a drop in once a month type thing that that sounds a lot better. But when you start and I think it's it's not only this expectation that you go, but also and I have not worked for a company like this one where I, I think you have to an extent, Sean, but like one where there's actually alcohol in the office and where it becomes entwined in in like uh you know something that is there during working hours like there has always been that 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 partition for me where it is it is very much outside Mm -hmm. but where uh, there's an example given in the the article about someone being interviewed and and one of the managers or whatever that's interviewing them like cracks a beer in the uh in the interview and it's like that is a weird like intermingling of things and and it's a throwback but like it's made to be very like progressive and forward thinking now. I mean, we've we've talked before about the the WeWork offices with with the beer tables and everything. But that's that's you have not separated at all, and that feels like something that maybe we could do without. But, but that's not only have you not separated that, you have clearly crossed over a line and started enmeshing that enmeshing the alcohol part of things in a place where it is totally inappropriate for it to be you should not ever be drinking when you are interviewing for a job or interviewing someone for a job that's ridiculous if you are in the office during working hours that's crazy town but that again is a problem with work it's not a problem with work drinks and and like i i think i i remember from my my previous job that you know, not even every week, but probably every other week or so, you know, they they would do like a, a sort of charity beer cart at the end of the day on a Friday. And so at like mm-hmm. 3.30, you know, 3.30, one, one team would sort of sponsor it uh, each time and, and would push, a, push a, a cart around with a cooler on it and offer, you know, beers and, and ciders and and maybe yeah, i don't know i guess we had we had sodas and stuff so I don't, I don't know what they did for people who don't drink which obviously again people who don't drink that is one of the big pitfalls of this yes um but but everybody clearly understood that there was some separation and said look this is uh, this is a, a special occasion sort of thing and you don't get drunk and work you don't uh, you know, you don't make yourself a jackass, and so like, I, I I think, I think every all of this is about workplaces needing to have good boundaries, which in most cases means having better boundaries than they have had basically at any point in their existence. <laughs> so, so even even as I, I am the one who kind of sits here and says, I don't know. I think this is probably okay for the most part. In the back of my head, I've I've got the little nagging voice that's going like, I don't know. I don't really have very good. I, I don't have a particularly good feeling about uh, about any of this getting better, about any of these issues being solved. Yeah, I mean, you hit on one thing, which was like, 
if if you if you don't drink you are you're or are you just would prefer not to drink in those scenarios for whatever reason you might have kids to go home to i work with someone who like they're like i don't really drink anymore because i have four kids like i'm i'm gonna after i leave this i have to go home to them and i just that's a lot of work totally respect that um and so creating these spaces where you know those folks are comfortable and is I think can be different because it's like this is the the whole the whole point of it. And the other thing that I think can be a little bit oppressive, and I went through this, and it is one of the reasons I I kind of left where I, I used to work, um, is because it just kind of sets us up where um, you, you kind of have to be best friends with your coworkers if you're doing this all the time. And, you know, that's, that's a lot. I've, I worked with people that I am still, you know, am and, and have been really good friends with. And that's, that's great. But I kind of want to find that out on my own as opposed to feeling like I am forced to, to do it. And I think that, uh, you know, maybe, maybe where it feels like, hey, you're spending, you're spending all this time with these people, this should be your family and everything else. And using words like that, uh, I, I take, um, some issue with that because I, I should get to choose my my interpersonal relationships a little bit more. Um, I, I I can understand that. I, I I wonder if that's if at least part of that isn't something that you sort of internalized and and read into the situation and and, and maybe it's a common enough thing for people to read into that situation that it's not actually just an internalized thing and it's actually part of it like an, maybe an unintended part but like I don't I don't think I ever felt like I was being pushed to be like really good friends with most of my coworkers I had um, I had like a summer hiring class that I started with. And so I had a group of people that we would hang out with outside of work hours, not obviously in non-work sanctioned mm-hmm. contexts. Um, but then once they left, once all of those people left, because at some point all of them had left, um, I, I didn't I certainly didn't feel uh, I didn't feel like I was being pushed to you know, to be friends with people. I, I think I felt like I was being, I don't know, if anything, I felt like I was being pushed to be, like, friendly and cordial. Mm-hmm. And that's just, like, that's a good way to exist. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. so, like, I, that didn't, that never struck me as a particular problem. And and I think this is where, um, and I, just, I mean, Max, you might be the best person to, to kind of approach this. And, and Sean, I think there's some of it too, is that, you know, we are approaching this from, from the point of view as people earlier on in their career. Um, mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you, like, as, as a manager, someone who, who is putting their card down at this, like, how you view this. But um, I do think that I am maybe underestimating the allure and... Um, how helpful this can be assuming culture is like good you know a good approach to this but if you are someone who say you went to uva like we did but your first job is in seattle like this is like how you meet people and and you do have those those connections of okay they're the work friends we went to dinner afterwards and they brought their friends or their roommates and and i do see a power and a positivity that that can come out of this because you know 
how else are you meeting people? Like you're going to go home and, you know, get carry out or something like that. I, I think can it's tell you great. having just moved somewhere where I didn't yes. know all that many people and starting a, a job that is fully remote right now. Uh, the answer is not well. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, even even for me, I, I don't know a lot of people in this city. Obviously, everybody's interacting virtually in some way right now so that's good but i have started to meet people in in person and it is through stuff like trivia and um you know cookouts and and whatever else so i mean max i guess both in boston and dc you have you've sort of known people but you've obviously made some some you know very lasting friends through through work that you know you'll go have a tipple or two with yeah I, I definitely think that's that's true. I mean, I think workplaces, a good workplace is, you know, wants their coworkers to work better together. And fostering relationships between them is usually a positive thing from a business point of view. I think from an employee point of view, to your point, you're not necessarily giving it enough credit. Like, I think, I think some people do seek out cultures or company cultures that promote that a little bit more. And just because mm-hmm. that's not for you, I think as long as it's not... something that you're obligated to take part in um it doesn't necessarily need to be vilified um i know like i yeah i'm i'm about to you know go fully remote and be in a new city and so yeah meeting new people is is hard to do um and especially if you're if you're a little bit separated from uh you know the the college years so um yeah yeah i I don't know i think that yeah and and i've I don't think I want to do away with it, but like where you feel obligated and it's a situation where like your managers or higher ups are, are like, okay, everybody we're buying shots. It's like that all of a sudden becomes a thing that I, I, you know, maybe less of less of that, but maybe the other thing and, and the article does mention this is, are there some alternatives to this? Um, you know, the happy hour is the go-to, but I, I've had lunches before that were that were really nice, and that accomplishes it too. Um, they mentioned coffee tastings, which I would enjoy, but I think most people would not, and you don't want to be around that many pretentious people. But uh, yeah, Max, hey, do, are I'm, there I'm other things? I'm glad you asked because yeah, my my old company used to do. I think I think it was once a year because we were mostly all separated in different offices, and they would bring everyone together for like a team building day. And mm-hmm. there was maybe an hour or two of boring team building stuff, like the kind of stuff, whatever, like the pers- Briggs Myers personality, like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But then there was like team building activities. And I know that we did uh, scavenger hunts. We did other things like that and maybe played games together. And then maybe around two or three, it switched to a slightly more happy hour event. But even then we did things like bowling, which like, people could drink while bowling i certainly did but you certainly could have fun there and wouldn't be questioned if you didn't um it wasn't centered around drinking necessarily although some might argue that bowling is but it is it wasn't and so so i think there's plenty of of opportunity to be creative and do events like that where even allowing someone to drink if they want is still an option Um, yeah and and I, we've talked about it before, and I should give credit where credit is due, which is that um, one of the, I, I think, most valuable things that has happened for me at work in like the non, 
work sense is that we we have a book club um that that i've continued to join virtually i actually missed last week but um it is very valuable to me and when i moved i actually emailed the 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 woman who's in charge of it i was like hey yeah, I'm going to continue to join as much as I can, but I think this is really great because it was a setting where, and I think I even mentioned it, it's not like a happy hour, like I'm getting to know people because there is a discussion we are having and we're very much choosing to be here. So it's it's not like the best networking opportunity. It's like, here's the artificial intelligence guilds happy hour, but I've learned a lot about these people and i know that if i cross paths with them in the future i will very much look forward to working with them so i think and they're still like drinking and food at this it's not that there's there's not that but um yeah i think the the focus is is kind of uh important there what what are your what your focal point for the event is yeah i i think that i think that those are all all good ideas i mean i i definitely I think that the lunches is a, a good sort of hot swap for for a drinking centric thing because everybody's got to eat, um, you know, and, and you can structure that in a lot of different ways too. Like you can you can turn those into sort of like a a learning opportunity. Sometimes, if you want to, you know, the the whole brown bag phenomenon. Or you can just have it be a time for people to come together and have a little bit of social interaction. I, you know, I, I get, I get a little leery of the book club thing, not because I don't think it is a very good substitute, but because I'm a person who treats reading sort of the same way that I treat like exercise, which is like, I don't know, this feels very singular to me. This feels like a solo thing. And so mm. like, I know I don't want to do that in a group necessarily, but who am I to who am I to yuck someone else's yum and and say mm -hmm. that that's not a good thing? I think it's a great I think it's a great event if that's something that the people that are participating in it enjoy and feel like it's a good opportunity for them to come together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ultimately, I think that these are good events when you are able to interact with people in ways that they are more comfortable and you get. Uh, you get a sense of their character because I don't really get a sense of people's character a lot of times um, as they're just doing their normal work. And so I mm -hmm. think that whatever opportunity you have that I, I think is good, as long as it's not too much at the extremes, um, exacerbated by, you know, <laughs> be it you're doing a hot yoga or, or you're at a whiskey tasting, like, you know, within, within a reasonable like the box and whisker plot type thing, which I mean, look, it it leads us to a really uh, a radical solution, and and I'm what I'm what I'm proposing is totally a like a not mainstream accepted fringe idea. So feel free to, you know, feel free to check me, put a finger in my chest, and say, hey, no, this is this is out of bounds. What if workplaces talk to their fucking workers about what they wanted? What? No. <laughs> no, no, no. That's that is a proprietary idea. We can't be talking to people about that. What do you that. want the workers to to tr like group together, like collectively bargain for the types of events they want? Sean. Oh wait, no. Now, see, now the more I think about it, the crazier it sounds. That's insane. And what you're saying also is that they decide collectively that, as a rule, whenever you have whatever kind of events 
there is a rule to don't be that guy so that you don't ruin it. I mean, there's a lot of radical things coming out here. You know, this conversation, having a dialogue. I don't think that's going to catch if, on. If only, you know, if only there had been some brave podcast that made Don't Be That Guy its motto for 285 episodes. Yes. Yeah, have, we, have we talked about the, the, the work Christmas party? I feel like we have. Oh, it's... That, uh, there's a lot of there's some overlap there and there's some that doesn't overlap there and we don't get need to get into it but uh mm-hmm. yeah the problem is that where it overlaps is the bad shit yeah oh yeah well, if you're well, having a work <laughs> Christmas party sponsored by your work every week you have yeah. a problem with your workplace <laughs> culture <laughs> yeah I I point and we I have not had a chance to do this in a while but I I would point everybody to the the uh, uh the Christmas christmas party episode of mad men that that is what i'm just thinking of with all of these examples i'm imagining that happening constantly see i would point you to the christmas party episode of arrested development it's been i've 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 definitely seen that one i uh well that's a show i need to read there's a there's a a boss there's a, a boss who uh makes fun of people for having less expensive clothes than him uh everyone mm. gets fired uh, mm-hmm. a, a company executive sings karaoke with his niece and they sing Afternoon Delight. <laughs> Everything about it is, I mean, I, you'll have a hard time convincing me that that episode of Arrested Development was not actually like a corporate training video. So, uh, no. yeah, yeah. Uh, more more pitfalls uh perhaps fewer potential benefits um mm-hmm. yeah let's uh let's let's maybe steer clear uh i don't i don't want any of us on the podcast to have to deal with a lawsuit from someone else on the podcast <laughs> yes uh we our hr department is not large enough to deal with any of that it's just sure. it's max and kevin's dogs Uh, should we move on to other regrettable things about as useful as the hr department for a certain nfl team oh no they just don't they just don't have they just don't have one well on that note yeah let's uh let's move on to pierce sorry so what are you apologizing for today um so you know one one thing that 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 i think this is the intersection of don't be that guy and also uh another important thing where where you know we're per reading and also words matter um so i as i walk around and, and observe you know other people's yards or gardens or, or something like that and i've been doing this for a very long time i will be like oh i like what they did there they did zero scaping and i'll say zero scaping and i say that with some frequency and so i was looking at um i was purchasing some plants and I saw that they mentioned Zurich Gardens. I was like, what is, what is that? Is that like some, you know, ancient, ancient thing that I don't know about? Uh, what is this style? Well, of course I went and looked it up. Uh, and the word that I was thinking of for all these years and, and speaking with just total assurance and confidence, like an idiot, uh, the word I was looking for is Xeriscape. X-E-R-I scape. That 
is is what I was thinking about. Like this, this you know, not really any grass, um, you know, just a lot of plantings and maybe mulch and, and rocks, but like not having a focus on grass, more like lots of different organisms that support each other in a, you know, often not as water intensive setting. Um, so I really looked like an idiot in front of a lot of people over over the years, and I probably made them feel uncomfortable, especially if they felt like, I think you're, you mean to pronounce this other word, but because you're saying it with, with confidence, I don't really want to call you out here. So I'm sorry for, for being a jackass, really. Um, and, uh, you know, words continue to matter, um, and it's good to read them and really understand their definitions before you go and use them. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks for thanks for t- teaching us the word xeriscaping, um, mm-hmm. which I know I certainly was not aware of before now. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, we'll close the show as we do with a big idea from pop culture, and uh, I delighted yesterday in going to an event that. Apparently, this is like a Richmond staple, uh, which is the Carytown Watermelon Festival. Uh, they had the street blocked off and all sorts of watermelon concoctions and state fair type foods, many different forms of fried dough. Uh, mm. But also, there, you know, businesses, some, at least some businesses were, were open in, in a limited capacity. I got a very, very good slice of pizza. Uh, and just sort of roamed around my neighborhood and and experienced a, a lovely hot summer Sunday with my friends. So, uh, find finding uh, finding social interaction time with the people that you care about is great, whether or not it is a work sponsored drinks event. So fair enough. Yeah, good stuff. Well, Watermelon is good. Yes, it is, especially when it is about ninety degrees outside. So. Uh, that is the end of the show you can find us at our home on the web www.prettyokpod.com or you can listen wherever you get your podcasts if you do that please leave a rating review comment that sort of thing or just tell a friend about the show we'd love to share it with them as well we'll be back next week to talk about something else until then i'm sean i'm pierce i'm max thanks for listening bye